The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Hats and Minded. I'm here with Hadi Kalakesh, so you know it's about prospects. Thank you for joining me, Hadi. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Um, this is something new. We haven't done this before, but we were thinking in order to, to, to give you guys something new to talk about, something new to consider and something to argue about. Really, that's what we're up for because we, we love a good argument as long as we learn from it. And, and as long as you keep it respectful, right? let's remember that because there's going to be one decisive thing on this list that people might not agree with. But mm-hmm. we have taken out a prospect and that means more or less everyone that is out of the professional ranks in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, into a all-star team for this season out of the European prospects. Um, and we're going to go from um, goalie to forwards in one sweet motion. Um, yep. And obviously, there can only be one goalie that is on this list, and that's yeah. Jakob Dobish. Outstanding season this year. What we Absolutely. said about Disha last year, we say mm-hmm. about Dobish this year. Oh, for sure. Uh, Dobish had um, a season where he kind of set himself up as the best prospect in the system. And I'd even go as far as including Caden Primo in that. Um, Dobish is one of those big guys that doesn't exclusively rely on his size. It is an aspect that kind of holds him back in some elements because sometimes he'll go down early and kind of expect his shoulders to, to be high enough to stop a high shot, that kind of thing. But well, Other most than that, goalies do that, though. Yeah, no, for sure. But, they go uh, down too early if you ask some of the guys on Twitter. Yeah, Just no, for sure. That was aimed at you. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's the type of guy who just is extremely athletic, is extremely good post-to-post, really smart. I think that one of the main things that he does that I like to see is he keeps his eye on the puck and kind of tracks where the puck is going, but to a point where he's putting a stick in the, in the blue paint at just the right moment where he's not over committing and making himself vulnerable on the low to high shot where he has to readjust, but he's putting a stick down at moments where he knows a cross ice pass is option uh, is an option. Um, and that makes it really, really difficult, especially on the power play for opposing teams to get cross ice passes through. Um, you know, when when they've got their their net front presence, you know, slipping out to the side and collecting the puck, um, it's really hard for that guy to put the puck through the blue paint onto his uh, a teammate stick on the other side. Um, he's he's really really good at keeping track of what's going on. Uh, he keeps his head on a swivel. Uh, he checks. He, he actually scans more than a lot of prospects I see. Um, you know that are that are skaters that are that are outfield skaters. Um, 
keeps his head on a swivel, understands where everyone's going, where everyone is, both for his team and the opposing team, so that when he gets a shot, he can put a rebound in a spot where his, his teammate can pick it up and break it out really easily. Just a very, very aware player. I, I felt like he was really Ohio State's best player. Um, and as the season went on, that got more and more clear. There were some games where he kind of had off performances. He's still kind of inconsistent, but uh, for me, he's kind of set himself up as the best goalie prospect in the Habs system. I would still kind of be interested in seeing what we could add in this draft or the next in terms of goalie prospects, but he's a pretty decent bet to be a starter at some point in his career. We're not going to make this a, one of those long episodes where Hadi and I talk about prospects forever because yeah. uh, we've done those quite a few times. We love it. <laughs> yeah. You love it, but we're going to keep this a bit shorter. Um, <laughs> Hadi, we've spoken about both these defenders I don't know how many times we have spoken to others yep. a ton of times about mm -hmm. them. Uh, but let's start with Hudson. Fantastic season. Yep. Uh, amazing player. And, and and he was left out of the Hobie Baker Award. But yep. we cannot leave him out of the, of the uh, uh, prospect all-star team this year, right? 100%. For me, he should have been a top three contender. I mean, he did make the the, the finals, the finalist list, um, the, 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 the 10 finalist list, mm -hmm. but he got cut for the top three, which well, I think is egregious. Yeah. He's, it's a little bit like, you know, it's someone else's turn. I'm, yeah. I'm, for Swedes, that just means that Eric Carlson won't get the... The, uh... <laughs> the Norris Trophy. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, and and sure. it's, it feels a little bit like we can't give it to Hudson. He was ranked outside of the first round or he was taken mm -hmm. outside of the first round. And yeah. he's 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 not that kind of defender that we really should highlight. But he yeah. has had a highlight season, though. Yeah, usually, I mean, the the, the Hobie Baker's pretty kind of biased against freshman defensemen. But I didn't expect them to just completely leave him out of the top three. For me, it's just, it's egregious. He should have been there. The other player also getting an A in, in his grade. Opposing <laughs> coaches love him. TV personalities love him. We love him. And yep. we're shocked that we do because I'll be honest, in the top 25, under 25, I ranked him because he went to Ruggler. But Autumn <laughs> Ekstrom's season, he finished it off with a under 20 gold for Ruggler in Sweden's uh, junior tournament. Yep. And, and there he was relied upon defensive aspects, not the offense. Yeah. He was no, 100%. Kind of shifted as well in the semifinal. For sure, yeah, and Engstrom was genuinely one of the best regular players um, in in those in that playoff run. For me, he just blew me out of the water with his consistency, with his defensive play, which has come a, a couple real good steps ahead, um, and just overall his ability to just be a menace in transition on the breakout, just consistently kind of connect plays and and get the puck up the zone. I was really really impressed with him. TV. Um personalities here and, and color commentators and, and even commentators has compared him uh, as a uh, poor man's Rasmus Dallin rather than a rich man's uh, uh, Matthias Norlinder. Do you mm -hmm. agree with that assessment? Uh, I think it's too early to give uh, to, to give uh, Rasmus Dallin comparisons, but I was, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. Uh, it was fun to watch him play. I think he's got a lot of those those transition and play driving elements and, and those puck skills that I like from Darlene. Um, But 
his his hockey sense needs to come a couple really good steps before we kind of talk of uh, of comparisons. Yeah, that's why I said a, a poor man's. Yeah, no, say 100%. A, a, a complete comparison. But yeah. he doesn't correlate well with with Norlander at this time, right? Because that is the the obviously question mark and a little bit of hesitancy from from Montreal fans. Yeah, the main issue with Norlander for me that prevented him from being kind of the high-end player that we wanted him to be was just he he was too calm. He was too composed, wasn't actually identifying when he should up the aggressiveness a bit and get involved in, in puck battles. And and that kind of prevented him from being, uh, you know, kind of that high-end presence on the back end. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's improvements required in this game for sure. Uh, but but so for me, SHL at this time, whereas Norlander yeah. wasn't even drafted at this time. Yeah, no, exactly. So the difference is staggering in terms of what they're able to do. But for me, you know, there's a big difference in what they're able to do and what their weaknesses are. And for me, Norlander's weaknesses were a lot more limiting than Angstrom's mm-hmm. are. There you have it. Uh, looking at the forwards, um, I'm going to go with the center first, uh, Riley Kidney. Riley Kidney, uh, the most improved prospect in the in the HAP system, um, just completely revolutionized his ability to cut to the inside and and get involved between the dots on his plays. He used to just stay on the outside and make plays from there, but really, really came a long, long way in terms of that. So I'm really impressed with what he's uh, improved in this game. Really taking charge of the games nowadays as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. He's just kind of decided that. You know, he was going to be the focal point, the main guy on his team, and he's taking that to a whole new level. I was really, really impressed with what I saw from him. Then we have uh, Sean Farrell, and, and it's it's a little bit weird to say yeah. that he's a prospect because he has graduated, right? Yeah, I mean, technically he is a graduate, but in terms of the season that he had, you know, with the NCAA, uh, with Harvard, just insane what he was able to do with them. Was outperforming guys like... Um, like Matt Coronado uh, and, and and those likes on his team was regularly just the best player on his team by a decent margin. He more than deserves to be on this all-star team. For me, he was the most impressive prospect outside of Lane Hudson in the Habs system this year. And that's just a lot because Engstrom yeah. was one of them as well. And Dolby. yeah, so we absolutely. got like a, a full core of prospects that really has taken a full step and, and it is, uh, more or less a full line of prospects that has taken that step forward and even Absolutely. more when you when you look at all the combined grades because we're only picking five here for um, sure and and in in order to please Matt because Matt is big he's strong he's violent when he wants to <laughs> and he's a cuddly bear when he wants to we yeah. had to include Joshua Roy at the end right absolutely yeah Joshua Roy is also a guy who's improved a lot in his game um I feel like he's always been the type of guy who can coast on a skill, on a shot, but he's added some elements that make him such a good complementary player. And that's just really been the main thing in his game that's improved so much. Um, I've been really, really impressed with what I've seen from him in terms of his projectability, in terms of what he's able to do with the puck. It's just, it's all come a couple good steps, and that's really impressive for me. So where do you project Joshua Ra now? I feel like he's going to be a really decent complementary middle six player. Um, Who's going to get traded halfway through a game, right? Or asked to (laughs) trade halfway through a game? Hopefully not. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, he's just, he's fun to watch, but he, he just lets stars kind of flourish. So I feel like if we get a top line center in this year's draft and Nick Suzuki ends up on the second line, he's the perfect winger for him. 
Are you going to have Kirby Dak on the third? Oh, I mean, Kirby Dak would probably be on the second line wing, but that, that's another story. <laughs> we'll keep that for, for, for another thing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Roi, fantastic. There are some exclusions here, and we, we, we have to mention a few of them. I'm, I'm going to start with uh, Mayu. Uh, mm-hmm. What kept him out of the lineup for you? It's just the fact that his his point totals haven't been necessarily off the charts impressive. Um, he's he's had a decent season in terms of the points he put up, but nothing that blows you out of the water. Um, and it's especially the fact that there are there are still the the main things that are weaknesses in his game are still kind of present. His processing still an issue. For me, the guys who are there have improved a lot in their game over the the, the past year, and that's why they're making the All Star team ahead of him. Um, I, I still feel like he's the closest to an NHL role just based on his contract situation, the fact that he has a contract, the fact that he's got NHL size and speed and skill, um, but the processing needs to come five or six steps for me before he's considered in this team. Do you think you put him on? I mean, I would put him on the AHL next year just to see how it goes. Uh, do you think he can be a call-up? Do you think, because I know you said in a previous podcast that this is the time when his value is at the highest. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a safe bet for him to be working in the AHL next year. I think that regardless, he's going to be playing, you know, pro hockey next year. Um, but I feel like next year we're going to see. Not in Sweden, though. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't think that's a, a good idea to go back to. But um, yeah, I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to to make it work in the uh, in the AHL. I just think a lot of the issues that I'm bringing up in these podcasts and being like, okay, this is a big red flag in his game is going to be a lot more obvious um, once he makes it to the uh, once he makes it to the AHL. It's going to be really obvious how egregious these issues are and how long, how much how much he has to improve in order to be a regular NHLer. We got two centers to talk about, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to talk about the first one. Sorry, Hadi. I know you're a guest, and you should talk, but but uh, for sure, Robert Kapanen could have been in here on a normal season, but yeah. we have breakout seasons for for everyone. Um, Oliver Kapanen has maybe been, um, and you, when you listen to this, you heard Timo Kunari uh, tear me a new one, or or just you know stab me a little bit with a smile on his <laughs> face, depending on how you see it. Yeah. Uh, but Kapanen really had a strong season. Uh, out of the limelight, uh, he came into the limelight a little bit because of his point production, but he also came into the limelight during the World Juniors where he led his team. Uh, but on the other hand, it has been the catch-up effect. And and I need to see consistency from him because we've seen consistency from Kidney. We've seen consistency from Farrell. We've seen consistency from Roy. But we haven't really seen that consistency yet from Kapanen. He is young. He's he has the opportunity. It'll be very interesting to see what he can do with the new coach, and 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 develop under there. Uh, as I said, or, or as Timo Kunari said, he he thinks Kapanen will be one of the top centers in Liga next year, and and it will be very interesting to see. He might be on this team next year. But that's that's why I kept him out. Of, of partly, I haven't seen enough from him. And second, there are three really strong forwards that has taken huge steps this year. Absolutely. And the the, the second one is obviously uh, Owen Beck. 
Yeah, Owen Beck. I mean, he could have been here. He under, absolutely under, under a normal season, he probably would have. Yeah, for sure. It's just um, for me, there were concerns with the steps he had taken forward. I feel like I saw a lot of the same type of player, and it's mainly because in Mississauga for about half the season, he was put in a situation where he wasn't really improving a lot of the things that I wanted to see him improve. For me, the main thing for me was bringing his defensive game a step up just to make sure that once he reaches the NHL, he's not going back down. Um, just to kind of make him a, a staple of an NHL lineup to make him good enough defensively that even if he's not contributing offensively, he's still doing something for his team, which is pretty much what coaches look for from their players is just what do you bring to me when you're not scoring? So once he got traded to Peterborough, I feel like he was put in more of a shutdown situation that helped him kind of see those scenarios a bit more and kind of accept the idea that he could eventually become a, a third or second line defensive staple the type of guy who you're going to throw out there for the penalty kill you're going to throw out there for defensive zone face-offs that's what i wanted to see kind of owen beck face in terms of situations and since the straight to peterborough it's been good but for me the time he spent in mississauga just just barely held him out of this uh of this all-star team you've been listening to hadi kalakesh and myself patrick bexel you find us at hans eyes on the prize you've also find hadi at doubler prospects with the draft coming up, be sure to follow Hardy. It's been super good to have you on. And it's been super exciting to have this kind of new all-star team to talk about. We're already looking forward to next year uh, and talk about that all-star team. But before that, we're going to have the draft. We're going to have the top 25, under 25, where I'm Absolutely. sure Hardy will be a huge guest on many occasions. As well. Looking forward Thank to you, it. Hardy. No problem at all. Have a good one. Cheers. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts